Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a whole lot of March Madness. The calendar has turned. We will ramp up our college basketball coverage as we do every year at this time. Pretty much every single day, you will get a prominent college basketball coach, head coach, assistant coach, retired coach, broadcaster coach. We keep those hits coming on this program, syndicated and statewide across North Carolina, all the way into the month of April, because nowadays that's when they crown a champion in men's hoops. Today's coach will be a best of the weekend nominee as we play that game with the sports fans of North Carolina. We put it this way, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe since we were last together on Friday afternoon? It could have been from the NFL Combine, certainly a lot of college basketball games. The NBA stars included LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. He was visiting right here in our backyard as the Bucks beat the Hornets. And Giannis got 41 and 20, first in his illustrious career combining those two numbers, right here in the Queen City. Zion Williamson, the rookie from Duke, actually put up a career best 35 points as his Pelicans lost to 35-year-old LeBron James and those LA Lakers. Those two, by the way, embraced at half court after that game and chatted briefly. LeBron, in his own words, for you on today's program. The coach, in his own words, will be Brad Brownell of the Clemson Tigers today. They have now beaten those Tigers. A top seven ranked Duke team, a top seven ranked Louisville team, and this weekend, a top seven ranked Florida State team. The Seminoles were number six in the nation as they visited Little John and they got the same result that Duke and Louisville. These are the big three we've been talking about all year long. Duke and Louisville and Florida State, the big three in the ACC. Virginia beating Duke this weekend kind of joins that club to make it a big four of sorts. But Clemson has now taken out at Little John, Duke and Louisville and the league-leading Florida State Seminoles. It was a close one, 70-69. John Newman III from Greensboro Day School right here in our backyard, a sophomore guard for the Clemson Tigers of Brad Brownell, had a huge game and a game-high 18 points. Al Amir Dawes had the game-winning bucket, Coach Brownell's freshman point guard. They are 15-13, and 13, which sounds only a little bit better than mediocre. The Tigers are also 9-9 nine and nine in conference play. That kind of meets the definition of middlings, as many wins as losses in league play, and the ACC is not quite as deep as it usually is. But there was an ESPN.com headline this weekend, welcoming Clemson to the NCAA tournament bubble. We will talk with Brad Brownell in our number two. He led the Tigers two years ago to one of the best seasons in school history. It was 25 wins. It was third place in the ACC. It was a rare Sweet 16 appearance for a school much more well-known for Dabo Sweeney and those football Tigers. Brad Brownell live in our second hour. Joe Person live in our third hour. He is, of course, the Athletic Carolinas writer or one of them on the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. He was in Indianapolis at the Combine, and he picked the brains of a whole lot of football people 
as the Panthers and their fans are trying to answer a variety of questions, most famously the ones surrounding injured QB Cam Newton, but also we'll talk with Joe Person about, among other things, of course the combine, of course the NFL players' option to provide labor peace for 11 more years. They have not yet signed on that dotted line. But Panthers-wise, would they really consider trading popular dual-threat running back Christian McCaffrey, who wants a contract extension. And remember, a lot of teams, perhaps including the Panthers, we'll see, don't believe that paying big bucks to a running back is a great idea. There are metrics and analytics and anecdotes that suggest that is not a great route given the high-risk nature of that position. Everybody loves Christian McCaffrey, including the Panthers. Would they really consider trading him? Are they really in a rebuild with new coach Matt Rule in Indianapolis? Joe Person caught up with him, among many others. Have we also seen the last of free agent cornerback James Bradbury who remember is the guy that deals with the best wide receiver for the Falcons and the Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints, fellow residents of the NFC South. He reportedly wants $15 million a year, and the Panthers may not want to pay that either. How about former UNC star Trey Boston, yet another free agent, in his case the veteran safety. Is he going to be moving on? And oh, by the way, did you know that half the Panthers' free agents are defensive linemen? Seven of their 14 are defensive linemen. Is it true that only one of those seven is likely to return? Keep in mind, no more Luke Keekley, he retired. No more Greg Olson, he's moved on to Seattle. Cam Newton's situation is up in the air. So many other familiar faces moved on in years past or months past. Man, you're going to need a program, as the saying goes, next time you're at Bank of America Stadium. We'll pick over all of those things and more with Joe Person when he joins us on the NFL in Hour 3. Brad Brownell of the Clemson Tigers in Hour 2. I, of course, will offer my best and worst of the weekend. I was out and about. Shout out to our friend Brian Hall in Asheville, North Carolina. He took me to dinner on Friday night. That was one of my best of the weekends. Nobody ever picks up my tab. Darren, you know what happened the last time I took Tom Dundon to dinner? He owns the Carolina Hurricanes. The guy is worth billions of dollars. That's with a B and an S at the end. Except a good kind of B and S, right? Who wouldn't want to have billions? I picked up the tab just because he was nice to join me. Brian Hall picked up the tab on Friday night as we saw the Carolina Hurricanes at PNC Arena. It was Pride Night. Hockey is for everyone. Most people celebrated that. There were actually some who called that their worst of the weekend for reasons we may or may not get into. After Brian picked up the tab, I made sure he got into the on-the-glass front row seats as we did see an exciting hockey game, but it was not a good weekend for the Carolina Hurricanes. They have now lost four of five. They fell 3-2 to the Avalanche on Friday night right there at PNC Arena. They fell 4-3 to in overtime at Montreal on Saturday night, and they are outside the playoff picture by just a little bit as we speak. Next up is Philadelphia. In Philly, remember, the Canes are on a six-game, two-week road trip. Your best and worst of the weekend, did it include the NBA, the NHL? I have examples from the soccer, golf, NASCAR, a lot on college basketball, a lot on the NBA, some on the NFL. Some are excited that either Tony Romo is staying as an NFL broadcaster at CBS, reportedly for $17 million a year. That is more than he made in almost every year as a player. 
in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys over 14 seasons. There was one year he made a bunch more, but overall, he's doing better financially as a broadcaster, and I've heard it's much safer to be up there rather than having defensive ends and linebackers chasing you all over the field. Meanwhile, an Atlanta Braves legend and baseball Hall of Famer, Chipper Jones, is joining ESPN as a Wednesday night game analyst. He's been a guest on our show, certainly somebody with a lot of opinions on baseball. He's old school in many ways. He's already talked about that. They're going to line him up next to play-by-play man John Shiambi on Wednesday night baseball and some other select holiday games, ESPN style. What was your best of the weekend? What was your worst of the weekend? We're going to come to your calls right now. NC State had to beat Pitt. And the Wolfpack did beat the Panthers. That's the best of the weekend for me. UVA hosted Duke in Charlottesville, and the Cavaliers got the win over the number seven Blue Devils. From either side of that equation, you can chime in. UVA best of the weekend, certifying that they will not miss the NCAA tournament the year after the Cavaliers won the NCAA tournament. Clemson over Florida State was a big one, obviously. Carolina won at Syracuse. Wake beat Notre Dame, a desperate Irish team that some thought might be able to fight its way toward the bubble. Not so much, says the Demon Deacons. What is wrong with Duke, and where do the Blue Devils go from here? You can answer that question. I will offer my two cents. Where is NC State relative to the NCAA tournament bubble? And are there any other ACC teams in that same mix? I will welcome your thoughts as I offer mine. Remember, the Wolfpack is at Duke tonight, so two different dynamics. Wolfpack beat the Blue Devils in Raleigh earlier this year. The Devils get a chance at revenge tonight, 7 o'clock game on ESPN. Have you changed your opinion of either the Tar Heels or the Demon Deacons? Now that both are playing better basketball, at least, still losing records, but Carolina has back-to-back victories over NC State and then at Syracuse this weekend. Wake has back-to-back home victories over Duke and now Notre Dame. Do you share LeBron James' excitement over the next generation of NBA players? Or are all your favorites over 30 years old? LeBron's hug with Zion and comments after the Lakers beat the Pelicans suggest that LeBron is really, really excited about the next generation, even as he, at 35 years old, is still better than almost all of those guys. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe since Friday afternoon, and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw, and what made it that? The Carolina Hurricanes and the Duke Blue Devils are getting some worst of the weekend votes. Best of is all over the NBA, all over college basketball. Chipper Jones, Tony Romo, Major League Soccer started its regular season and expansion franchises Nashville and Miami made their debuts this weekend remember Charlotte North Carolina has a franchise and it will make its MLS debut debut next year at this time 1-800-849-2761 NASCAR golf basketball football you can take us anywhere you'd like to visit in the sports universe what was the best thing you saw what was the worst thing you saw and what made it that you can chime in on my questions what's wrong with Duke and where do the devils go from here where is state relative to the bubble and are there any other ACC teams in that mix have you changed your opinion of the heels or the deeks now that they're both playing better basketball and what about LeBron's comments about the next generation are you like many and you say your favorite players are like LeBron over 30 years old or do you see the next generation the way LeBron sees the next generation 1-800-849-2761 and if you were in charge of the Panthers would you really consider trading Christian McCaffrey if the price was right? 
New coach Matt Rule did not close the door on that possibility up at the Combine in Indianapolis. We will discuss with your help. 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can join us next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. In the post, stuffed by Huff. Goldwire with the follow. That's blocked again by Jay Huff. Nikita spins baseline, banks it in. This is his 10th block of the night. Delorier off balance, gets it to Jones. Jones for the win. Off the side rim, and Virginia survives. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Depending on your perspective, that game, as called there on ESPN, could be a best of the weekend if you were UVA solidifying your March Madness resume with a win over number seven Duke in Charlottesville. Jay Huff of Durham, North Carolina, among the stars for the Cavaliers, 10 block shots in that one. He's been a good player for a while for Tony Bennett. That was a heck of a coming out party. Of course, if you're a Duke fan, you're not only concerned about a loss at UVA. There's no embarrassment there. The Cavaliers are a well-coached team. They're an NCAA tournament caliber team. But in the bigger picture, Mike Krzyzewski's five NCAA champions never, never had a stretch like these Blue Devils have had in February and early March. This is three losses in the last four games for Duke at the same time of the year that Coach K has been asking even his freshmen to play with more maturity, to play as an older-looking team, the phrase that Mike Krzyzewski likes to use. Three of the last four games, remember, at NC State was not only a loss for Duke, as we welcome your calls, what was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe this weekend and what made it that? A lot of examples from the NBA and college basketball, but others from the soccer and hockey and NFL and other worlds, college baseball as well, 1-800-849-2761. NASCAR, golf, you can take us anywhere you like. What was the best thing you saw and why? What was the worst thing you saw and why? The Duke Blue Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes got the most votes so far for worst of the weekend. For a couple different reasons, Duke has not only lost three of four, but those three losses, remember, are at unranked NC State by 22. They get a revenge option tonight, hosting the Wolfpack at Cameron Indoor Stadium. But State's been playing better lately. The Devils have been struggling lately. It's one thing to lose at UVA by a bucket, 52-50. to 50, Low-scoring affair, as you might have expected, given the Cavaliers' penchant for such things. But Duke loses by 22 at NC State. Duke loses by double digits at Wake Forest. Then Duke falls at UVA. If it was only a loss at UVA, nobody would flinch. When you lose three out of four at a time on the calendar where Coach K's teams are usually starting to coalesce, they are starting to get tougher to beat. That's what typically happens under the GOAT who knows how to push the right buttons. Duke's struggles, losing three out of four, somewhat match the Carolina Hurricanes' struggles on the ice. The Canes have lost four out of five. Here are two big differences as we come to your calls, best and worst of the weekend, 1-800-849-2761. My questions of the day for Panthers fans, if you were in charge, would you trade 
dual threat running back Christian McCaffrey because the metrics say investing too much money in a contract extension for a running back is a bad idea. The Panthers' new coach, Matt Rule, in Indianapolis last weekend, or last week and over the weekend, said no option is off the table as the Panthers obviously are in transition mode. We'll see if they're calling it rebuilding mode soon. Do you share LeBron's excitement over the next generation of NBA players, or are you like many and your favorites are like LeBron over 30 years old? LeBron's hug with Zion was a little bit of a symbol for some. 35-year-old LeBron James, 19-year-old Zion Williamson were both brilliant as the Lakers beat the Pelicans last night. They chatted briefly at half court, they embraced, and LeBron had some great things to say about the future including Zion of the NBA with the under 25 and in Zion's case the under 20 crowd do you share LeBron's excitement or not you can tell us at 1-800-849-2761 and if you have a theory what's wrong with Duke what's wrong with the Carolina Hurricanes where is NC State relative to the bubble what do you think is going to happen tonight as the Blue Devils are seeking revenge for that historic 22-point curb stomping they got at the hands of the Wolfpack in Raleigh. Have you changed your opinion of the Heels or the Deeks now that they're, they're both playing better basketball? Two big differences between the worst of the weekend. Duke has lost three of four. The Canes have lost four out of five. One, Duke is relatively healthy, and the Canes are not. So as much as I buy season tickets to the Canes and I'm invested there, and I created ACCSports.com a long time ago, and of course I covered the Blue Devils and the rest of the ACC very closely. Those two worst of the weekend stories are not similar. The Blue Devils have the guys back on the court that can still take them to great places. The Hurricanes do not have those guys on the ice right now. Two of their top three defensemen, Dougie Hamilton and Brett Pesci, are out for a while longer. That's not the case for the Blue Devils' key players. They're ready and available. They just need to put the pieces together better. Carolina, under Rod Brindamore, has a lot more complicated picture because of injuries in net. Peter Morazic and his backup, James, Reis James Reimer, are still out. Hamilton and Pesci on defense. You're trying to win with one hand tied behind your back if you're the Carolina Hurricanes as you continue this six-game, two-week-long road trip. You don't have a hand tied behind your back if the, you're the Duke Blue Devils. Everybody is ready and available. All hands are on deck at Duke. We'll see if they can bounce back tonight against the Wolfpack. But as we come to John in Winston-Salem, Gary is in Wilson, others calling from the mountains and the beaches and everywhere you'd want to live in between in the great state of North Carolina, 1-800-849-2761. Besides the health factor, the other biggest difference between the struggling Blue Devils and the struggling Hurricanes is that in college basketball, there is nobody who can say they are a lot better than the Duke Blue Devils. And if your answer is the Kansas Jayhawks, just please remember, Duke beat them head-to-head -head earlier this season. That's not a mirage. That actually happened. You might like somebody better than Duke, and I wouldn't blame you given the Devils' unusual late-season struggles. Coach K is not seeing what he needs and wants to see in terms of maturity and growth from a lineup that has four sometimes freshmen, true freshmen, in the starting lineup. Four out of five are true freshmen. As Coach K says, man, we're 29 games in. It's too late to start keep calling yourself young. At that point, you shouldn't really be freshman-like anymore, and yet the Blue Devils are. There's nobody in college basketball that is 
head and shoulders or even neck and shoulders or even a little bit better than the Blue Devils. They're still on the short list. Meanwhile, the injury-riddled Carolina Hurricanes are in a conference with teams like the Bruins and the Lightning and the Capitals, and I know they're struggling right now, but the Pittsburgh Penguins and one of the hottest teams in hockey, the Philadelphia Flyers, those teams, when healthy, are a lot better than the Canes when they're injury-riddled. At full strength, I think the Canes are still a playoff team, and I think a scary one at that, given their work ethic, given their belief in the system. But when you're missing two of your top three defensemen and both of your goalies, your regular goalies, you are a shadow of your usual self. At Duke, Trey Jones and Vernon Carey Jr. need more help. They were good enough to win at UVA. They just didn't get enough help from, among others, freshmen like Cassius Stanley, Matthew Hurt, Wendell Moore Jr. Those two guys provide a great foundation for Coach K. Trey Jones had to deal with Kihei Clark most of the night up in Charlottesville. He got his 17 points. He hit some threes. He had five assists. Vernon Carey Jr. had a double-double. 17 points, 10 rebounds against double teams regularly from long-armed, tall Virginia defenders like Mama D. Diakite and Durham's Jay Huff. 17 and 10 and three block shots. Vernon Carey Jr., the freshman big man, and Trey Jones, the sophomore point guard, did not let their team down this weekend and really haven't let them down very often, even through this three of the last four losing streak. The others have let their teams down. Who was the third best Duke player in Charlottesville? If you're not sure or you're trying to find an example, who was good besides Trey and Vernon Carey Jr.? Now, if you stretch the definition, I'll tell you, Javin Delorier had a nice, solid effort off the bench for the Blue Devils, their veteran big man. Nobody else that they really need to step up did step up, and that's why they've now lost three out of four. John in Winston-Salem, you're next on the David Glenn Show. Welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Others can chime in with their best or worst, college hoops or otherwise, by dialing 1-800-849-2761. John, welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hey, Glenn. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, I got two questions for you. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Um, since Duke is not playing the best right now, has it has in, has the win NC State accrued over them devalued in a way? And my other question is, if the Panthers were seriously trying to tank for Trevor, would would that would trading Christian McCaffrey be the best solution to that? Yes. It'd be it, Now, that's a big fork in the road. If you're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, remember the Clemson quarterback is not eligible for this year's draft. So if you had a horrifically bad NFL season this fall, maybe you get the number one overall pick. Maybe you like Trevor Lawrence's NFL potential. If you're going to do that, and I don't think we know yet whether David Tepper, the owner, or Matt Rule, the first-year head coach, I'm not sure we know that they have chosen that fork in the road. But, yeah, I mean, what, what is the good of spending a lot of money on a running back only to have him get, get beaten up over the next couple of years as the Panthers are bad? If you could get just an avalanche of draft picks or other young assets, you'd have to consider it. And I love Christian McCaffrey. I hope the Panthers can stay good while keeping him among the reasons that they are good. 
But that's kind of a question for a little bit down the road because I don't even think David Tepper has made that decision yet. The Cam Newton question hovers over all of it. And with your other question, it's kind of a two-part answer. The reality is that every win and loss that you have can change in nature over time, right? If you lost to somebody that was good at the time, but then they tanked, well, then that loss looks a lot better come selection, I mean, a lot worse come selection Sunday, right? Everything is fluid. When it comes to you asked about State's win over Duke, keep in mind, I don't think that value changed much. I know Duke has lost three out of four. That's why they were worst of the weekend. However, they're still top ten in the nation in the net rankings and other things. So NC State still has that on its resume. And it's like those other wins. You know, Wisconsin, every time Wisconsin wins a big game, NC State's win over the Badgers looks a little bit more powerful. Every time UNC Greensboro puts up another good win, Wolfpack's win at UNCG just packs a little bit more of a wallop. So every win kind of changes by nature over time. Every loss changes by nature over time. You hope, you hope everybody you played does well after you played them because you want your best wins to look even better. You want your ugliest losses to look not quite as bad. If somebody that beat you during a rough stretch just got on a roll, well, then it, your resume doesn't look quite as bad if that team finishes strongly. I know it's a weird part of the whole college basketball mix and only those near the bubble you know, find themselves having to root for, in some cases, teams that you hate, right? If somebody you hate beat you or you beat them, well, the better they are on come Selection Sunday, that resume, the better you look. That's just the reality of the situation. And if you're Florida State or Duke or Louisville or Virginia, it, it impacts your seeding more than anything, so most fans are not going to think too much about it. But if you're an NC State or a handful of others right squarely on the bubble, man, you got to not only take care of your own business. NC State, of course, gets Duke at Duke tonight. They get Wake at home later this week. You got to hope for other stuff to happen. You got to hope for all of your best wins for those teams to do well. But to answer your Duke question, no. I mean, Duke is still a three seed right now at worst so you have in your back pocket a home victory over a team that's a three seed at worst and may get on a roll here and move all the way up a notch or two that is still one of the best wins on Kevin Keats resume and I don't think that's going to change just because the Blue Devils have lost three out of four 1-800-849-2761 it's right back to your phone calls on the other side the Canes are struggling the Devils are struggling as well. Where do they go from here? You can chime in if you like. Have you changed your opinion of the Heels or the Deeks? Both have won two in a row and are playing a better brand of basketball as Carolina, of course, continues on with a record that is the worst of Roy Williams' time as a college coach, head or assistant dating to the 1970s. Despite these back-to-back -back wins over the Wolfpack and this weekend at Syracuse, the Heels are still dead last in the ACC standings. And as some Wake fans are calling for Danny Manning's head again this year. The Deeks have back-to-back -back home victories over the top 10 Blue Devils, and this weekend, a desperate Notre Dame team that thought it was making a run at becoming relevant on the NCAA tournament bubble. NC State needed a win over Pitt this weekend and got it. The pack is at Duke tonight. What do you expect for 
Devil's Pack Round 2. You can be next with your question or comment. You can be next with your best or worst of the weekend vote by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Clemson head coach Brad Brownell will join us in hour number two. His Tigers now have wins over top seven ranked Duke, Louisville, and Florida State teams. They took out the Seminoles on Saturday for the most recent of those wins. John Newman III of Greensboro's Day School here in North Carolina had a game-high 18 points as the Tigers upset the Seminoles. You can be next, Joe Person, on the NFL in hour number three. You can be next in between or even right now, 1-800-849-2761. It's back to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls and some of the headlines of the weekend. Did you know that Tony Romo is getting more money to continue as a CBS broadcaster than he got in almost all of his 14 NFL seasons as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback and a Hall of Famer is joining the ESPN lineup of broadcasters as well. More on those headlines from the weekend with more of your phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Two great guests later, more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls now. Do you share LeBron James's excitement over the next generation of NBA talent? Or are many of your favorite players like LeBron all over the age of 30? Chris Paul, LeBron James, many others. I like the older guys, although like LeBron, who shared a hug with 19-year-old Zion Williamson, the former Duke star, already a star for the New Orleans Pelicans. It was Lakers over New Orleans as expected last night. But LeBron and Zion embraced after the game. They chatted briefly at half court when it was over. And then LeBron, without really sharing the details of what he whispered into Zion's ear, did talk more generally about being excited about seeing Ja Morant of Memphis, the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year. It was the Grizzlies over the Lakers on Saturday. His excitement about Zion as a guy who's not even 20 years old yet, who did play really well, a career-best 35 points, the rookie from Duke, as the Pelicans fell to the Lakers in that national TV game last night. Chris and Steve and Gary won in on college basketball or the ACC tournament or international soccer or other things. You can take us anywhere you'd like, best and worst of the weekend style. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw? And what made it that? For those of you who are college basketball fans and didn't vote, in favor of a specific team, like a UVA over Duke or a Clemson over FSU, or a specific player, Jay Huff of Durham, one of the stars for the Cavaliers, John Newman III of Greensboro, one of the stars for the Clemson Tigers. Some just voted for college basketball. As we come to Chris, who wants to talk about the Wolfpack, as they beat Pitt this weekend as the pack heads to Duke tonight, seeking a sweep of the Blue Devils here in regular season action. Some voted just for college basketball in part why, and we'll ask Brad Brownell of Clemson about this when he joins us in about 30 minutes. If you like unpredictability, if you like upsets, how does this sound? The national top 25 has, wait for it, 25 teams. How many of those 
and I believe all 25 were in action. How many of those 25 ranked teams in college basketball lost this weekend? Now, you knew a couple would because it was top 25 versus top 25. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. And as they famously said in Bull Durham, sometimes it rains, although that doesn't apply quite as much to basketball as it does to baseball. TCU beat number two Baylor. Clemson beat number six Florida State. UVA beat number seven Duke. Michigan State went to number nine Maryland, and the Spartans beat the Terrapins. Providence went to number 12 Villanova and beat the Wildcats. St. John's beat number 10 Creighton. Shaka Smart in Texas went to a top 25 Texas Tech team. And the Longhorns, who really needed a resume builder, another bubble team, they got it over the Red Raiders. Jared Haas, former Roy Williams assistant, the lead man at Stanford for a while now, really needed a resume builder, another bubble team. Stanford beat number 21, Colorado. Oklahoma beat number 20, West Virginia. 12 ranked teams went down this weekend. Many, many of those just a best of the weekend for the underdog, Clemson style, etc. Some of those a worst of the weekend for some of you. You can chime in, good or bad, at 1-800-849-2761. Chris and Zebulon, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, DJ. Thanks hey, man. For me. Sure, what's uh, going on? I called him back in a couple weeks ago to talk about the Tar Heels and uh, NC State, and the Tar Heel fans got a little riled up. Well, this time is my time to talk about Duke. Lay it uh, on us. If any of us may remember last time after the game at, Car or at PNC Arena when the Wolfpack defeated Duke, Coach Keith, or Coach Krzyzewski barely wanted to even shake the hand of our winning coach, Kevin Keith. That was a quick walk-by, wasn't it? Oh, very, and it was very rude. Now, I think there's more reason that. I think that he's jealous of Coach Keith, and here are some reasons why. First off, people don't think about this often. Duke and Coach K's first three years won about 44% of their games. Yeah. Coach Keith, on the other hand, he's won right under 70% at 69% of his games through three years. Additionally, we got Markell. They don't have Markell. Okay. If Markell can play like the big time <laughs> Johnson that he is, this could be big for us tonight. Lastly, we I've been around the state program for a long time. My Paul went to state, his Paul went to state, it's in my blood. We are doing such a great job in state recruiting. We got Josh Hart, yep. we got Nick uh Cam Hayes, we got Nick Farrar from Apex Friendship, we got all these guys coming in. If Coach Keith or Coach Krzyzewski can't even control the state of North Carolina in recruiting, <laughs> we just saw him play against UVA and Jay Huff. <laughs> Jay Huff from Duke, Durham, North Carolina. If he can't get them kind of players coming to him, how is he going to keep on winning? <laughs> Chris, I think we need to get you on the payroll, man. That's Maybe we should just call him uh, Cousin Chris in Zebulon. And he can give us his scripted material just to get people fired up. I mean, bottom line there is that Mike Krzyzewski has to realize that at this point, the real Coach K is Kevin Keats, right? I mean, he's got two Ks. Kevin Keats, why don't, why don't we just add to Chris's themes of the day, 1-800-849-2761. What's beautiful about his delivery is that he mixes in just a little facts 
so that you're not sure if he's serious or completely sarcastic. And then, of course, he goes way, way, way over the top. Are we going to have to hand? Is he going to have to cough up the moniker if the Devils get swept by the Wolfpack tonight? Do we have to say? I mean, Kevin Keats has got two Ks, man. That's one more than Mike has. The new Coach K, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Kevin Keats. 1-800-849-2761. There were some great points in there about how well the Wolfpack is recruiting in-state. I believe everybody knows that Mike Krzyzewski, when he wants another prominent in-state player or in-the-region player, uh, he got Zion Williamson out of South Carolina. He got Brandon Ingram out of Kinston, North Carolina. He's done pretty well for himself in-state and out-of-state. Uh, well delivered, though. Cousin Chris from Zebulon, next time he calls, ask if he's okay (laughs) with me calling him Cousin Chris, because that is, if we were to plant someone somewhere in North Carolina to just be as provocative as possible toward the heels, toward the devils, toward somebody else, uh, that's pretty good stuff, and he's not even on the payroll, so we we have to thank him for that. There's only one Coach K, Darren, and after tonight, He's going to call Raleigh, North Carolina home. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. On the serious side, and hey, only Chris can vouch for where his sarcasm ended and where what he really believed begins, all right? That's up to him. But I'm just taking it in good nature. On the serious side, the Wolfpack had to beat Pitt this weekend and did. Now, do I believe State's going to sweep the Blue Devils? No. But do I believe that the automatic avalanche some expect from the Blue Devils? Wasn't this Coach K's worst loss to an unranked opponent ever by 22 points to the Wolfpack at PNC? Not too, too long ago. Some are assuming that because of that and because it's in front of the Cameron Crazies and because Duke doesn't lose three out of four very often and because that loss head-to-head to the pack was so embarrassing, probably the right word, and maybe Coach K has heard he's gotten some criticism for not enough of a handshake with Kevin Keats over at PNC Arena, whatever. I don't think you can assume that this is just going to be the return of the sledgehammer. Why? Because on too many nights, Trey Jones and Vernon Carey Jr., the two first-team all-ACC caliber players, all-America caliber players for the Devils, on many nights they're not getting enough help. Now, Cassius Stanley and those other freshmen – have been better at home overall, Wendell Moore, Matthew Hurt. When those freshmen are playing well, Duke is as good as anybody in the country, period. If you can't see that, you're missing the bigger picture. But they've had too many bad games or sometimes invisible games. Most of them have been on the road. But with the Wolfpack playing better and the Blue Devils losing three out of four, including at unranked Wake, at unranked NC State, at unranked UVA this weekend – I don't think you can just assume, oh, it was Duke by uh, State by 22. Of course, Duke's just going to win by 22 tonight. Do I think Duke will win? Yes, I do. But I think the Wolfpack knows that it's in a precarious position right now. Near the bubble, there are 10 ACC schools that would love to be in the Wolfpack's position. So relatively speaking, yeah, Kevin Keats has his team in a good place. But it's not a safe place. And I think we all know that. And the Wolfpack players know that. So they're looking for a double signature victory with a sweep of the Blue Devils. I don't think it'll happen. But as the caller said, when Markel Johnson is on, the Wolfpack can beat anybody. And the Wolfpack has beaten some really good teams, including Duke, earlier this year. 
2761. State is at Duke tonight, 7 o'clock ESPN. Manny Bates of the Wolfpack was really good as the Wolfpack got that much-needed win over Jeff Capel's pit team. He has been a starter at times, but he's been a complimentary player at most, a shot-blocking specialist, if you will, for the most part. And I'm not downplaying the importance of that, by the way. He has been an out-of-this-world shot-blocking specialist by national standards, okay? Manny Bates, redshirt freshman, big fella for the Deeks, or for the Pack, excuse me. 13 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 blocks. That is telling a pit team that is not very good in the post, you're not stealing a win here at PNC Arena. I'm bigger and better than you, and I'm not just a shot-blocking specialist when I face a team that is not quite as big in the post or as strong in the post. Now, it's different tonight with Vernon Carey Jr. leading the Duke Blue Devils. But 13-10-5, and 10 and 5, that is by far Manny Bates' best game as a college basketball player at exactly the right time as the Wolfpack beats the Panthers by two buckets. Jericho Helms and DJ Funderburk were also good against Pitt. When you can win against a well-coached Pitt team, when your guards are not great, Braxton Beverly shot poorly again. Markel Johnson was not great against the Panthers. I love Devin Daniels this season. He was not great against Pitt. C.J. Bryce wasn't great. The Wolfpack's four most important guards, none of the four was really good against a pit team that has a bunch of good guards. When you're an NCAA caliber team, somebody else picks up the slack. And that's exactly what Manny Bates, DJ Funderburk, and Jericho Helms did against the Panthers, making State a Best of the Weekend nominee. Back to your phone calls next on the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Last year, two chains came walking by, and he reached his hand down and uh, shook my hand and said, two chains. And about five seconds after he walked away, I said, I missed a great opportunity. I should have said three rings. (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Brad Brownell of the Clemson Tigers has this season beaten three top seven ranked opponents, including Florida State on Saturday at Little John Coliseum. The Clemson Tigers' 10th year head coach joins us in less than 15 minutes. You can join us on the other side. What was their best or worst of the weekend and why? More on college hoops, the NBA, and examples from all over the sports world. That's as we return to your calls next on the David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans are always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody in another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. 